Welcome to the Caris Christian Center podcast. And I'm super excited to be here. Um, Pastor Lawson is actually ministering at um, Pastor Max and Molly Carnell's church. He ministered four hours this morning in the Bible school there, and tonight he's with Pastor Max. And so a lot of exciting things are happening there. And, it, you know, it's amazing. Whenever he goes out of town, a lot of times I am with him, but a lot of times when he goes out of town, it doesn't matter if it's here in America somewhere or in another country, he always crosses, it's like a God appointment. He met um, another person. He went to just do some shopping and, and was buying something. And the person said, I, I want to be a pastor. I want to go in the ministry. And so um, I don't know if he shared a lot of information, but he said, this person asked him, will you lay your hands on me and pray for me? And this happens everywhere we go. And so I, I think that's really interesting. And like I said, um, pastors Aaron and Heather are also out of town. So they, they brought in the best the reinforcements, the dream team for Fisher and Ada. We have Nanny and Papa here from <laughs> Tennessee. We have Mike and Deborah Kling and Kill. And so um, I think they've been getting a lot of steps in, a lot of steps in, in running. So anyway, again, it's really fun to see all of you tonight. I'm so excited just to be able to share the word of God. You know, it wasn't too long ago when we started this church, we met in our home. So I just rejoice and marvel and thank God every day that we have our own building that we can come together, and then not only that, that it's paid for. I mean, we used to do this in our home, so I'm just like, you know, thank you, Jesus. That was a lot of fun, but it's just like God has done uh, wonderful things. And another thing I'm really excited about is revival. You know, they, it's like the Holy Ghost knew what's happening tonight, and all the songs really go with what the message is tonight, really talking about um, revival and the harvest is, is ready. And, and there's something that I, I saw in the book of Jonah and so I'm calling this today, this, this um, time of uh, ministry, you can go first class or we're going to talk about ministering grace. And so, you know, praise the Lord. There's something I saw in the book of Jonah that I see even happening today. And what I mean today, I feel like the, the harvest is really ripe. But there is such this um, constant social media of trying to cause division, and trying to cause strife, and you can't let that be a distraction. And so, to get going, let's just look, to, to get an introduction here, let's look together at Jonah and chapter one, and we're gonna read verses one through three, and this is just an intro to get into, again, what I'm talking about tonight. Um, you know, wanting and seeing a citywide revival. And so, again, Jonah one, it starts off saying this, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, so he is a, a prophet, and he can definitely hear the voice of the Lord talking to him. Verse two, the Lord says, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and crowd against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee. So what did he do? Was he excited? to go minister to these group of people? No, he had other ideas. He thought he would try and get away from the presence of God and get as far away, isn't that funny? Have, have you ever tried that? Let's, I'm gonna try and get away from God. And so verse three, it says, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So it keeps saying that over and over that he specifically got on another way of transportation to go another way. And so when you do a little studying, like I'm like, well, what's up with that? Like what's wrong with Nineveh? 
And um, you say this out, was, he was to, called to travel 800 miles east, and it was the city of how he perceived the dreadful and hated Assyrians. These, this was a group of people that they hated because they were so mean to the Israelites. And so I, I keep thinking of the rhetoric I've heard over my years, especially as a younger child, especially as a teenager, um, overhearing people talk. Whenever there was some storm, you would hear like if it was a hurricane or typhoon or some huge storm, it'd, be, it'd always be this um, conversation of, it must be God's judgment on those people. And um, so my point is, I believe we really, I like how another minister put it, we live in a dispensation of grace. It isn't up to us to say who should get God's grace and who should get God's judgment. And religion is really what causes a problem, and that was what was going on here. The Jews were supposed to spread the news to all the Gentiles, but some of them had become very religious, and they were getting picky and choosy about who they were going to share the good news with. And so this is actually also, this chapter is actually also a very good example of how much God loves the world, how much God loves all of us, and at the great extent he will go to get the message of grace everywhere. And the good news is, is all of us have a part. There's no such thing no one is ever called. You have the ministry of the bench warmer. And so we're going to look at that. So the, we're going to come back to Jonah. You can uh, keep your hand there, but let's go ahead and turn. I'm talking about so how much God loves the world. So can you think of what would be the next scripture? It's something I learned as a child in Sunday school. So John 3.16, what does this tell us? I'm seeing if anyone has it memorized. And it's, and it's up on the board. But it says, for God to love the world, and it's in red letter. So for God to love the world, so how much of the world? Not just parts of it or certain people, but that God so loved the world, he gave what? His only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God does not want anyone to perish, but he's given us all a free will choice. And I like what the Bible tells us. Let's turn to Mark real quick. Oh, Matthew, look. Let's go to Mark. And these are some scriptures that you're already familiar with anyway. But sometimes I think people get so distracted, they really lose sight of what our part is right now and what is the part of the church. And when I say the church, I'm not talking about just me and Pastor Honey. I'm talking about all of you. We are the church. Whenever I hear people slamming the church, it's the church's fault. I'm like, well, you're blaming yourself because we are all the church. The people make up the family. The people, we are the bride that the groom is coming for, that Jesus is coming back for. But until then, we have stuff to do. So Mark 16, 15 tells us this, and he said to them, go to where? So we're talking about the whole world now. He's saying all. He's like, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And it doesn't say you pick and choose. We all have an assignment. We all can hear the Lord speaking. I know we can. Someone has to talk you out of that. I don't know why people make such a big deal about, can you hear God, can you not? You're made in his image, you can hear him. But some people are just really good at selective amnesia. Or, um, you know, Jonah literally got on another ship, but I, today's culture would be people sticking their hands in the ears and saying, la, 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 I didn't hear God, la, 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 la. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I taught children's church for years. And so I'm just used to um, communicating that way. 
So let's go to Ephesians while we're talking about what is our part. So Ephesians 4.11. And getting you excited that we get to be part of this amazing, I feel like it is amazing what's happening with revival and harvest right now. People are so ready. You know, people are so ready everywhere you go. So this is Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, and, it's, and it says that how the Lord has given things to equip you. You are the, minister, you are the body. So again, this is Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. It says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping or perfecting or completing of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we come here, we have these amazing uh, gifts that the Lord has provided to equip you to go do the work of the ministry. Again, when I grew up, the work of the ministry was everything the pastor's supposed to do. But you are the body, you are the ministers. We come together and uh, my husband and I were talking today and we were just talking how blessed we are that we just had Andrew Womack here and, and Bobby and Lynn Crow and, and pretty soon, the beginning of November, we're gonna have Jesse Duplantis and these are people that help equip us to get us excited to go and do the work of the ministry so that everywhere we go, that we are sharing this message of good news and people are so ready to hear it and ready for someone, and it's just, they are literally crying out. And um, God is sending us, and I, I wanna talk to the next point that I have. So the first point was, God so loved the world. And the next thing is, we need to redeem the time. And this is in Ephesians 5, I thought we're already there. I'm getting kind of excited, so I go kind of fast. But Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, tells us this, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Would you say the days are a little bit evil? And I'm sure no one is guilty of saying, boy, all that millions and billions of dollars that they got paid off to do all this wickedness isn't gonna last long when they burn in hell. I'm sorry, we're not supposed to act like that. So we're... <laughs> I'm preaching to myself. I'm like, this is why this book really uh, caught my attention. Like, we cannot get distracted, again, about picking and choosing who we think should receive God's grace or who should get the judgment. We are just to go to all the world, to every creature, and spread the good news, spread his grace. And so, again, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I think we just read a few scriptures that brought out Part of what the will is of the Lord, right? That we are to be equipped and then we are to be sent out and go everywhere. Some people are gonna go to other, other countries, other states. Again, when I grew up, it was that was the missionary, you're going. But you know, we all go somewhere, whether it's the next door neighbor, whether it's the grocery store, there are appointments for all of us. Just like the Lord had a, a specific appointment for Jonah and talked to him, told him where to go, but he just refused. So again, we can't get so caught up in being distracted, but listen and know that we are equipped. Spend time with him, spend time in the word and be ready. And so I'm gonna tell on myself, rather than pick anyone here, I'll tell on myself. And it's kind of embarrassing to tell stories on yourself. It's easier, I'm trying to think of one of my husband. Oh, please, think. I'm just teasing. Since he's not here, he wouldn't know. You guys wouldn't tell him if I told a story on him, would you? Some of them, I don't know, you're kind of giving me a look like you might. 
So, okay, I'll pick one on me. So this was years ago, and I was at the, a lot of, the, a lot of my appointments happened to be at the grocery store. I don't know what's up with that. It's in the parking lot, it's in the store. It's just very interesting. But I was at the store, and I was going up and down the aisles. I'm one of those persons that I write out the, the list aisle by aisle, and then I move fast, because I don't want to live there. So I am in and out and on a mission. So I had my list and I was going up and down the aisles. And every time I went up and down the aisle, there was this young woman with three kids. And I kept hearing the Spirit of the Lord say, speak to her. And I thought, I don't know her. She doesn't know me. She's thinking, thinking I'm a weirdo. And, you know, and then it didn't look like anything's wrong. I mean, she looked like a really nice person. Her kids were really well behaved and they were just quiet. She was just doing her shopping with these three little kids. And so I'd go down another aisle and there she'd be again. And I, I kept hearing the the voice of the Lord said, talk to her. And I'm like, about what? I don't even know her. She's going to think I'm stalking her. And so, so then I get to the checkout where I'm buying my groceries and she's not there. So I thought, phew, I knew it wasn't God. <laughs> I'm clear. It's all good. So then I get my groceries and I'm going out to my car and I start unloading. And guess who comes with their cart and three little kids and groceries, just two cars down for mine. And again, I hear, talk to her. And I'm still saying, she's going to think I'm stalking her. It's going to scare her. Now if I go up to her, behind her, I can't do that. And so anyway, she takes one child as a mother. She puts one in, one child, and gets them in the car. And then she's putting the second child in. And they drop their little toy, and it goes underneath the car. And something that mom and grandma and me is like, oh, my gosh, I better get that. Or, you know, that could be dreadful going home with not the toy. And so it's almost like the Holy Spirit gave me a push. <laughs> like, now's your opportunity. And so now I'm, I'm like, excuse me, ma'am, ma'am. And now I'm climbing under, on the ground underneath her car to retrieve this toy and say, um, I think you, you know, dropped this and you might need this. And then just the Holy Spirit put the words in my mouth. And I just said, I think you are a really good mom. And she just broke down and started crying and just started sharing with me, you know, and the natural, everything looked fine and dandy, but I'm sure she was crying out to God, send someone to talk to me. And we just had a time of ministry there. And, you know, the Lord knows people's hearts and what we're supposed to do, but we all have an assignment. And we just need to listen to him. It might be something simple like that. Just talk to that person. They need someone to talk to. They're about to lose it. They just need somebody. And so I told him myself. So I really get a, a kick out of this story about Jonah because he's told something to do. But like I said, there was a bit of a, a rift between them and the people of Nineveh. And so it's interesting that he just took it upon himself. I am not going. I don't want to preach to them. He just hated them so much. Can you believe hating someone? So and this is a prophet. They should know better. When I was talking to my husband today, he's like, yeah, and it's really neat. God still used him, didn't he? You know, a lot of times we, we think we have a stereotype too. Well, that person really missed it. But, you know, God can still use us. Isn't it awesome? He's just looking for people who are willing. So it's important that we redeem the time. And I like, you can just write this down. They'll have it up on the screen for you. But Colossians 4, 5 tells us this. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside redeeming the time. Walk in wisdom, knowing some people are really blinded. Some people are really brainwashed. So walk in wisdom. Get ready to share. So hallelujah, this third thing I want to share is just, we are the messengers of good news. We're going back to Jonah, just in case you thought I might have forgot. 
but we're going back to Jonah. We are to be the messengers of good news. We live in the dispensation of grace. And so we're gonna start where we left off, so um, please join me in Jonah 1, look at verse four. We're gonna actually read through 16. So anyway, he gets on the ship going another way, but it says the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? So... If I see someone bench warm, I'm going to start calling them, sleeper! Are you doing what the Lord told you? <laughs> I love these names in the Bible. You know, that's interesting. What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call. Like, it is not time to sleep right now. It is time to get out there and tell people about the Lord. But what are you, why you're not calling out to your God? Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, this is verse seven, come let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Isn't this really interesting? I think it's an interesting story. Then they said to him, please tell us for whose cause is the trouble upon us? What is your occupation? I'm a prophet who's ticked off. too mad to go talk to these people, if you want to be truthful. But anyway, it says, what is your occupation and where do you come from? What is your country and of what people are you? So he said to them, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made sea and the dry land. And um, this is interesting to me. So the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? Isn't this interesting? These people are like, what is wrong with you? And for the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord. Isn't it? They even knew he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more temperous. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. And so it's interesting. So nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land. They didn't want to throw them over. So they thought, we're just going to row harder and we'll, we'll get to safety. But they could not for the sea just continued to grow more tempest against them. So in verse 14, it says, they, therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea. And what do you think happened? What's it say? It says the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. So you could say it made a believer out of them. Yeah. Interesting. And so this is an interesting story how over and over, it talks about how he tried to run or get away from the presence of the Lord. You know, I like what the Bible says, early will I seek you, my soul thirsts for you like in a dry and thirsty land. It's like, why would you want to go the opposite way? But like I said, he got distracted by hate. He chose that he hated these people because they had been so mean. And we don't want to fall up fall into this, it's just the same old, same old thing. The devil just has the same old, same old rhetoric. Don't fall, don't fall for it. Don't fall for the strife and division and hatred that is just spewing out on a regular basis. 
Don't fall for it. You keep praising the Lord. You keep spending time in his presence so you're ready to go and speak to whomever, whenever that he t- tells you. Like I said, my appointments always seem to be in parking lots, in the morning when I'm walking and spending time with God so there's no way I can pretend I don't hear him because I'm talking to him. So anyway, and I like what happens in, in verse 17. This is another thing that I found really astounding. So in verse 17, it says, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and nights. And another, another translation puts it this way, talking about the great fish. Like I said here, it says prepared. Another translation says how the Lord assigned. He assigned this great fish to be part of the mission. Isn't that interesting? So God is gonna go to great lengths to get the word out to everybody. And I'm thinking of, just think in your mind right now about in the Bible, remember the talking donkey? I mean, it is interesting. Why can't God use anything? He created all this, right? So I have another story, and it's about me. I'm really trying to think of something about my husband. But anyway, so as I mentioned, I do like to, just this I thought was interesting that this well, great fish was assigned to be part of this task to really get this prophet to where he was supposed to be to preach the good news, to preach the message the Lord had put in his heart. So just, again, minding my own business, I like to walk in the morning, walk several miles, and um, usually go pretty early, and I'm just spending time with God, and it's really exciting. But this was in, um, oh, like May, June of 2020. So people were pretty mentally stressed out. And so I was walking, coming up the middle of the neighborhood, and I was a long ways away when I saw this woman, and I saw her little dog, and her dog was standing like this, looking at me, and started barking, and would not move, and kept barking. And it wasn't barking like, oh, you know, like the bark a dog would do when he thinks he's got to protect it. It was this bark like, "Um, emergency, emergency, this person needs help. (laughs) I mean, I'm serious, it was just like, and it, and it just was looking at me. And so as I got closer, the woman said with her own mouth, she said, the minute my, when my dog saw you, my dog refuses to move, he won't move. And he was just barking and he wouldn't move till I got there. And then when I got there, I, you know, I asked, well, can I pet him? And I pet him. And he, he was an older dog. He had the gray whiskers and everything. And he was pretty chubby. It's kind of a cor- corgi mix. So I, you're getting the picture here. A woman with a chubby little dog that just was barking like, um, 911, we have an emergency here. 911, we have an emergency here. 911. Seriously, it was like this dog was saying, this person needs help. And so when I got there, and once I petted it and she responded to me, then the dog started acting like a dog and was sniffing around and then just sat down. But it was at attention, barking till I got there. And then the dog changed its demeanor. And so I just started talking to her and again, ministering to her. Is this all, does this all make sense to you guys? This dog had assignment to make sure this person got help. And we talked and ministered to her, and then as we parted, this lady said this. She's like, thank you for talking to me. I feel so much better. But it's like this dog was assigned to make sure she got help. Do you not find this interesting, how God can use anything and how much he loves people? That he's gonna help us and help others set up these paths so that they can be ministered to? I find it really interesting. And so... Anyway, maybe I can, I think more like a child, but I just, I saw this, how this 
great fish was assigned or prepared, and I see that in our, our daily lives. And so, anyway, let's um, look also at Jonah 2. So now he, um, this fish was prepared for him and picked him up. He was picked up by a fish. Picked up. Not by a boat, but by a fish. <laughs> and you could say in um, Jonah, the chapter 2, that he had a heartfelt conversation with the Lord. He had three days to think about some things. And so in, in Jonah 2, we're just going to skip down to verses 9 and 10. It says, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. He's finally admitting salvation belongs to the Lord. And so it's interesting. So the Lord spoke to the fish. Has anyone ever taken the time to read this? Don't you think this is a very interesting story? So now the Lord's speaking to the fish. And it vomited Jonah onto dry land. And I was just having fun. I always like to read in lots of different translations. And it doesn't matter what translate, not that this makes a point. It doesn't matter what translation you read it in. It uses the word vomited. So <laughs> I think you get the point. You know, like I said, you can go first class or other traveling accommodations will be made for you. <laughs> and something else might pick you up. And so the Lord speaks to him after Jonah has a heartfelt conversation with the Lord. And so now, now here we go again. Let me see where I'm at. I call it the reluctant preacher. So Jonah 3.1, and we don't want to be like that, do we? We don't want to be like this. This is how you don't want to be. But in Jonah 3.1, here we go again, round two. So in Jonah 3, 1 through 4, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city and a three-day journey in extent. And so verse 4 tells us, so Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, yet 40 days in Nineveh shall be overthrown. So in other words, he was called to this great city and he literally walked it. And it took three days to do what the Lord said, to walk everywhere he was supposed to go, to tell them the message of the Lord. It was a three-day journey. Isn't this interesting? And um, have you ever been somewhere where someone gives you a message and it's really evident they don't want to give it? So I don't know if he was very happy about it, but he, this time, second time around, he did it. And so um, interesting enough, and um, we're still in chapter three, skip down to verse five, and it says, so the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them, I'm just going to read a little bit more. Um, I didn't have them um, probably bring all this up, but in verse 6, it says, The word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And it just goes on down through verse 9 that everyone participated in repenting. They even had the animals put on sackcloth and ash, and no one ate or drank. In other words, this entire city, and I like how the Lord kept referring to it as a great city, a great city. So um, Jonah did what he was supposed to do, gave the message, and um, they responded. Can you just imagine if we had a citywide revival here in Colorado Springs and every single person repented? 
Wouldn't that be amazing? I think it'd be amazing. And so in verse 10, it says, so then God saw the works that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. So in other words, they all responded from the least to the greatest and even the animals. And to me, that would be like, wow. But anyway, let's see what um, Jonah's reaction was. So now we're going to talk about understanding God's grace and kindness. Evidently, not everybody understands God's grace and kindness. So in Jonah 4, 1 and 2, you're probably there. It says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled to fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God. In another translation, it says, I knew you were sheer grace. <laughs> Isn't it awesome that Jonah at least did know who God is? Do you know who God is enough to share with people that he is sheer grace and how much he loves them? So anyway, going on here, it says, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God. This is in the Old Testament. Jonah's like, this is who God is. Slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Basically, when you read this in another translation, Jonah is so mad, he starts screaming at God. He's just so mad about these people repenting. And I think, what an odd response. You know, I'm just thinking again, if... For citywide revivals, how exciting it is, but he got too caught up in the hatred thing. And we don't want to get caught up in that and cause that to be a distraction. And what I believe is we are in such an amazing time of harvest. And so, anyway, in um, verse 4, it says, this is Jonah um, 3, 4. It says, then the Lord said, is it right for you to be so angry? This is interesting, isn't it? And so, in Jonah 3, 5, Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. He still was hoping that it was going to get torched. So he was waiting to see. Isn't that terrible? You know, when you read this, it's like, that's terrible. But what my point is, I, as I was studying the Bible, it just seems so relevant. Like I said, we don't want to get caught up or distracted by all this hate language. Because it's ridiculous. And there's just been division over just everything. Every day it's something new. You know, and it just becomes ridiculous and you just don't want to get caught up in it. Um, So anyway, if you're familiar with this story, it's almost like it has to be brought out. So he went out and in verse six it says how the Lord God prepared a plant to um, made it to come up over Jonah that it might made shade over his head to deliver him from misery. So Jonah was very grateful for that plant. But as morning dawned, the next day God prepared a worm and it damaged the plant and it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared uh, east wind and the sun peed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint and then he wished he was dead again. And then this is where it gets really interesting, verses nine through 11. So God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. But in verse 10, the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, 
nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. Verse 11, and should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and their much livestock. What that talks about, cannot discern from the right or left, they don't know the truth. I just think now how many people we see that are so blinded, so brainwashed that you should have pity on them. And then he's, and it's talking about, and what about all the innocent animals that would have died? Because Jonah was mad. He, he was sitting there waiting to see the whole place just be flattened and torched. And God's like, you have pity on a plant, but not all these people? And so I just think this is such a timely message for us today. Again, not to get fallen in the trap of the hatred, of the division. If you don't just think like me, I'm just going to fall apart and think, that someone you know, deserves judgment and not the grace of God. Isn't this really bring it to like life? Like God is slow to anger and um, slow to wrath. So it's really, again, understanding God's grace and kindness. And so let's turn to Ephesians. We're going back to the New Testament here. And I love this. In Ephesians 2, we're gonna read this, and um, I'm thinking of a, another trip. Like I say, it seems like whenever we're out and about, we have appointments, and it's uh, pretty amazing. For years and years, I had um, been excited. I mean, we gave gifts to other people to go to um, Hawaii, and so I can't remember what anniversary it was, but it had been many, many years of believing, and finally we got there, and um, so we're excited, and I thought, man, and maybe I've shared this story, but I, again, I find it so astounding how people are crying out to God, and he hears them, and how our paths meet. And so um, I was thinking, gosh, I should get my nails done. I'm on vacation. I have time. I never do that. And so um, my husband actually made the appointment for me to get my nails done, which he has never hit that point, had never done that before. Person, no. I mean, you know, he grew up on the farm and ranch. You don't make nail appointments. And so this is also miraculous how this happened. And, and so he kind of dropped me off, and it was a little, you know, little tiny mall place or whatever. And he's like, I'll just walk around, and I'm going to go down a couple of stores and check, check it out. And he went in there, and it was one of those places that rent the paddle boards there. And um, it was a young man the same age as our youngest son. And the moment my husband walked in there, has anyone noticed how my husband can um, be instant friends with anyone and he can talk to anyone, even if he doesn't know him? And so he was, he just started a conversation and it, you know, came out probably that he was a pastor or whatever, but this young man started having tears down his face and he's like, I just, I, I was either like last night or that morning, he said, God, send me someone to talk to me about you. And I thought that was the most oddest thing. But again, God loves people. God cares so much for the world that he sets these things up and we do have assignments even when we're on vacation or when we're out of town, we have assignments. And so I love this in Ephesians, and I'm talking about how it's by grace you are saved. So in Ephesians 2, 1, let's look at that. And he says, and you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. We're gonna look at verses four through eight. But God who is rich, what rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. So how do you get saved? 
by grace. It is a free gift. And raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. And I hope you're getting the picture what my heart is trying to get is salvation is a gift. Why wouldn't we want to share it with somebody? Rather than pick and choose like what Jonah was doing, who deserved it and who deserves to be torched? I mean, it's, isn't that interesting? It's just terrible, really. And so Romans 10, 13, and religion will do that. Religion will do that. Hatred will do that. And I'm not going to fall for it. Don't fall for that trap. It's a lie. I like what Romans 10, 13 says. Can you guys help me out? For whoever calls on the name of the Lord, what? Whoever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord. And I like what Romans 5, 8, we're in Romans now, so you don't have to go too far. But I love this one too. In Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he has demonstrated his love for us. This is good news to share with people. In Romans 8, 1, It tells us this, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. You know, again, I'm going back to the story of Jonah that even though all this great city, how many was it, 120,000? Yeah, all repented. I mean, it was a city-wide revival. There is now no more condemnation, but yet Jonah was mad. And so, you know, these are just things you don't want to fall for, do you? We want to continue to be part of this great, amazing uh, time of harvest and revival. It is exciting. And I'm just going to share one more story. And I, I wrote a post about it not too long ago. But again, it was an appointment in the parking lot. I'm just minding my own business. And, um, you know, I got my groceries and I'm putting them in my car and this young woman comes up to me and asks me to help her with her cell phone. And if anyone knows me, my eight-year-old grandchildren are my tech support. I'm just like, she asked me like, can I help her with her cell phone? I just like looked at her and something inside me told me this was a God assignment. So don't tell her that you know nothing. Just fake it till you make it. I can fake it. I'm thinking of Nate, he's here, Tim's here, and a lot of times they just say, just push a button. Okay, all I have to do is fake it. Push a button, push a button, push a button. I'm just thinking, okay, this has got to be a God appointment. So she talks to me and she starts handing me her phone and she's like, I've, I've got to find this MapQuest. My, my friend called me and she's in an abusive situation and I have to pick her up. And I'm like, no pressure, <laughs> no pressure. And so, you know, I just pick it up and I start doing what tech people tell you. I start punching buttons. Something's going to happen. I know if I punch this button, something's going to happen. And so something pops up and I'm looking at it. I'm scrolling. I'm like, well, it looks like your, your friend is in Pueblo from what this map quest is saying. Thank goodness Fisher has helped me some, enough to help me with the map quest. And so I'm pulling up and then finally, I just, I don't even ask her. We're in the middle of the parking lot. I've left my purse with my groceries. It's a free-for-all, people. And, you know, we're in the middle of the parking lot, yet during this time, not one car honked us, not one car came by, not one person walked by. It was a prepared moment 
for this young woman. And I just thought, in me, I just thought, I'm just, I love being a grandma because you can get away with a lot more. And so I just, after punching buns, I just put my arm around her. I said, we're going to pray. And I just prayed and I said, in Jesus' name. You know, I prayed for her and I prayed for her friend. And she's like, you know, she didn't say no. She didn't walk away. She just like did this. And she's like, in Jesus' name. So in saying that, just be ready for anything. You know, it was just, again, a God appointment. And I haven't seen her again. I may not see her till we're all in heaven. But just be ready to just move and know that the Lord, I like what the, the Bible says, that he will bring things to our remembrance. Like, I don't know about you, but I personally do not have the whole Bible memorized. But he will be faithful to bring whatever scripture, he knows what they need to hear. But just be ready to share the good news. It's an exciting time, hallelujah. I'm excited, can you tell? God is so good. I could go on and on and, and talk about more stories, but I'm going to stay on time. Yeah, because I'm the mom and grandma. Moms and grandmas know the clock. <laughs> so anyway, let's just go ahead and, and end in prayer today. So dear Holy Father, we just thank you for your word, for these amazing stories that can encourage us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you say that we can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and it will give us boldness to witness. And I thank you, Lord, that we have the boldness to witness and the joy to speak up and share this good, amazing news that we have a desire to see other people experience this joy and peace that we have, that we want to pass it on. It's a free gift, and we want to share it. So, Lord, I thank you for everyone here tonight and those watching, Lord God, that they are encouraged, that they are ready to be ready in season, Lord, ready to share a good word with everyone that they cross paths with Lord, we just love you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.